This is Sports Best, the show the Bergen Record once called Extraordinary. You like that kind of thing. He's Andrew Keller, who never played a game in double-A ball. I'm Larry Olson. I started off in the Cape Cod League. Please pay attention. Available now on digital and on demand. George Kustoros stars in the powerful and gritty martial arts film American Fighter, also starring the great Tommy Flanagan and Sean Patrick Flannery. Experience the inspirational film about the drive for pride and the love of family. American Fighter is available now everywhere you rent movies. Rated R from Lionsgate. We're giving away five links to the movie. How do we give those away, Mr. Keller? Well, if you just reach out to us and tell us your favorite dad joke, I got one for you. <laughs> how, how did Harry Potter get down the hill? No idea. Did he walk? JK Rowling. <laughs> Hope we get lots of those. So yeah, send us, uh, send us your favorite dad joke and we will send you a digital code to download the movie, which promises to be amazing. Well, we got this story because your radar went off at the Texas Rangers lost and you wanted <laughs> to find out how that happened. But uh, the New York Yankees, Corey Kluber, sorry, Corey Kluber throws the second no hitter within 24 hours and the sixth of the 2021 season kudos to the new york yankees for defeating the texas rangers in such shiny fashion do we care that there were back-to-back no-nos on back-to-back nights in baseball is that a big deal i think it's interesting because we the mlb is a pendulum of there's too much offense there's not enough offense and so (laughs) we're swinging to there's not enough offense right now and maybe we'll get back deep Deep cut in this story is they uh, talk about the Cleveland franchise that Kluber used to play for has the longest no-hitter drought since May 16th, 1981. The story references the New York Yankees, the Texas Rangers, and the Cleveland franchise. Are they writing it that way because they don't want to say the mascot, or is it just I'm reading too much into it? Has Chief Wahoo been erased from our parameters maybe i'm not sure i'm not sure what cbs sports is doing but i don't it stood out to me as something's like if you're not going to use the team's name change the team name I, I don't know maybe i'm i might be too sensitive i don't know i'm upset that the I rangers think, lost and i'm trying to find other things to talk about by the way they were hit for the no heck no, uh second time this season you know, I feel like I'm of an age where a no-hitter was a big deal. Like, someone threw a no-hitter, kind of the world stopped a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're at this point, like, yeah, like, I do, I read sportscasts for a living. It was, like, so far down the pecking order of what was important last night. Well, I think it used to be a bigger deal because you'd wake up and you would grab the sports section and yeah. the no-hitter would be a headline. And now the headline, it may be at uh, 8.17 when the game ended, that was the headline for the sports page, but then other stuff, uh, it's old news by now. So I don't know. That's that's my jagged take on no-hitters. The other thing about this, no offense to Corey Kluber, I don't even know who this dude is. And Lance shook a dance who threw the no-hitter two nights ago. Like, who are these guys throwing no-hitters? I like, shouldn't Clayton Kershaw be throwing the no-hitter? I think also with our schadenfreude type of a culture, I think people, it's a bigger story to have a missed perfect game. Like we talked about that the other day that on a wild pitch gave up a, a perfect game and went to no hitter. And that was like more of a interesting factoid than uh, 
poor Corey. Poor Corey. He'll land on his feet. Well, good for you, Corey Kluber. Sort of in related-ish news about a no-hitter. Kind of. I'm taking a long route here. Bryce Harper ended up in the hospital this season after taking a 97-mile-an-hour fastball to his face. Turns out batters are being hit by pitches at a rate that hasn't been uh, exceeded since 1898. A 28% spike in hit batters since 2017. Batters are getting hit by pitches 0.46 times per game this year, a 28% increase from 2017. The average fastball, by the way, this year is at 92.7 miles per hour. In conjunction with those stats, there are more pitchers than ever in the league. In 2012, the average team had 24. This year, there's 31. So the USA Today is making this argument that there are a lot more unqualified people out there throwing faster than ever, and they're hitting people in the face. I mean, no matter how qualified you are, every once in a while, you're going to lose control of a pitch. My favorite part of that Bryce Harper thing, I I said it on the show, is when he got on his Instagram, hey, Bryce Harper here. You're on my Instagram, just so you know who I am. I, I I don't know. I think uh, point. Would you say point three percent? Like that's low statistically. Point four six. Point. Let's round up. Point five. <laughs> it's you're statistically not going to get hit by the pitch. If there's three people at dinner, I'm playing credit card roulette. There's a thirty three percent chance I'm paying. I'll stand in that box at a point five percent. I'm getting hit by the pitch. That's not bad. Just as a point of information, you would love to play credit card roulette way more than the average person. Like that, you love that game. I think the average game, average person is like, hell no. Yeah, I had an awkward moment at Morton's Steakhouse. <laughs> I was there with Nicole, and I want I made the made the waiter play credit card roulette with two of my own credit cards. So and, I'm playing. I like I like the thrill of it. Am I going to pay a higher interest percent rate? I don't know. And I feel like you don't, you drag out the credit card roulette. Like you go like, here's the six cards and you have to pick yeah. down to the first the one. one. The last like one. Like it's not just play, one. Some people play like the first one. No, you got to drag <laughs> out. You got to cause a scene. The entire restaurant needs to look at you. And uh, I think that's, I wonder what the statistic <laughs> is on what amount of people are hit by pitch when they try to avoid being hit by pitch. Like you go to the dirt or whatever I would say probably 60% of the time, you're not going to avoid a pitch that's coming right at you. What do you think? Just, um, that's totally true. Just another point of information about credit card roulette. I always have to, I have this Google credit card that's now defunct and I always use that as my card and it always gets picked. So I'm like a glutton for punishment. The argument that they're making here is that, as you well know, there's more home runs in baseball than ever before. And that's because, the hitters are taking this launch angle thing. They're swinging way through the ball to launch it up in the air. And so to counteract this launch angle thing that hitters have come up with in MLB, pitchers are throwing higher, closer to the face. And that's why more people are getting hit in the face to counteract this new launch angle swing that hitters are coming up with. Yeah, and you can't wear a face shield because you'll be viewed as soft. And so... Or who knows, maybe it'll be like the NHL in 30 years from now, everyone's going to have the cage on and you have to get grandfathered in to be able to not wear one. I don't know. My thought is that it's going to be like um, like uh, the jouster, like knights in shining armor. People just literally walk up their full armor. Out of the blue, last night, Nicole said, I would like to have a coat of armor in our house. <laughs> Random stuff. 
Well, speaking of going for the fences, uh, Tony La Russa is oh. doubling down oh. in the oldest man fashion oh. possible. I think he's 76. I didn't write this down. But mm. Basically, someone went yard against them, and even though they're having a great season and they're humming along, he is held up on someone going yard with a 3-0 count with a utility player and a pitcher. And uh, it appears his team is not behind him. His, his um, clubhouse is going to Facebook and not, they're going to Twitter to be like, we got you. And uh, I think I didn't set this up well. Basically, Tola Russo is saying, hey, you shouldn't have swung for a home run. And the players are like, it's fine. And I think this mentality has probably always been there, but players have more of a voice and uh, they're not falling in line with their skipper. Just a tiny correction of the story. Thank is you. that he's criticizing his own player. It was his own player. They had a big lead, and he swung on a 3-0 and count. And the baseball unwritten rule is if you got a big lead, you don't swing on a 3-0 and count. His player did not listen to him, swung at the 3-0 and count, and hit a home run. Then La Russa decided to throw his player under the bus and say, you can't do that. There's so many unwritten rules in baseball, and I feel like baseball is trying to get away from some of them, but... Uh... Larissa's old school. He definitely would not wear the face shield. What do you think? Do you think he did the right thing? I mean, it's the kind of the Nick Saban approach. Like, if we're playing, we should keep playing. Like, we don't do mercy rules in the MLB. Well, he's totally going get off my lawn, right? He's 76 right. year old. He doesn't care. I think, okay, he says it once, but it was the fact that he doubled down. Of course, reporters are going to keep asking about this. He like threw Mercedes under the bus again and yeah. said like two nights later, he could have just said like, hey man, uh, I got to think about tomorrow. Instead, he's just sticking with the stay off my lawn. Cool. Right. And I think maybe more of the old school has a mentality that sports is like the military where you have to follow. Yeah. You have to follow orders or people will die. You want me on that wall. You need me on that <laughs> wall. So, I mean, maybe LaRusse is going to order a code red and Mercedes might end up, we might have to get Kevin Pollack and Tom Cruise out of retirement. I, I just, God, I think code red is such a great term. I don't even know if that's a military term, but that's so great. It's a Mountain um, Dew drink. It's a code red. You know, he, the thing about it is I just feel like he's 76 year old. He doesn't know how the millennials work. Like they beat to their own drum. Like, I can't believe that. I'm just shocked that everybody thinks this is happening. He's 76 year old. I got a bunch of young dudes on the team. Of course, he's not connecting. Right. It's, it's silly. I don't know. Well, I jumped to your story and uh, I'll keep on going on to mine. But the 103rd PGA Championship is being played as we speak in South Carolina. And USA Today, who wanted to talk about too many people getting hit by pitches, is saying that uh, the PGA Championship, which is uh, one of the four majors, is less than because you're more likely to win a, a major as an unproven at the PGA Championship, which I don't agree with that take. I, I think if you win one, you win one, and that's great. Like, stop trying to poo-poo people for winning. Do you... Do you think the PGA championship is, is less prestigious? I feel like they were definitely looking for content on this thing. So they kind of made that take for sure. Um, I mean, listen, a major is a major, right? I don't think anybody cares. I want to know how you pronounce the name of this golf course. They're playing at South Carolina. Yeah. Like, oh, the ocean course. Yeah. Yeah. But now how do you say <laughs> the name? Yeah. It looked like, uh, what is it? It looked like a Hawaiian Island and, uh, where is it? 
I wrote it down. Yeah, it does look like a Hawaiian island. It's like Tahama or Kala. Come on, I want to lay a island. Hawaii. Kawaha. Kawaha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the uh, mission accomplished USA Today because I got worked up. <laughs> uh, I mean, a comparison I thought of was if you qualify for the Boston Marathon, one of the easiest, quote, easiest qualifiers is the Mesa Marathon, which has a net elevation loss of 1,000 feet. So basically, it's downhill the entire race. But you still, for ages 40 to 44 for men, you still have to be sub three hours and 40 minutes. So like, yeah, maybe it's, quote, easier to win a PGA championship, but you still have to string together four stellar rounds and beat out everyone else that's there so stop trying to take away from these winners they're winners larry i might or might not have a 20 dollars bet on max homo to win and i can't find his odds so i can't tell you how much that would pay out and the great stewart sink so i'm rooting for max homa and stewart sink over the weekend you, is that a bet you have with a casino or with a yes, person i have a bet in a casino legitimate casino wow well, the great I hope you, I hope you win. The, what are you gonna do if you win I am going to buy myself a Cocker Spaniel. The great Greg Vandenbosch, big listener of the show, got that bet down for me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Greg. <laughs> hey, I love you this got story. some good podcasts for me to listen to? Not yours. <laughs> give, me some, give me some recommendations. Here that Howard Stern's got it. <laughs> this guy lives a beat to his own drum. I love this story because I live in the Bay Area and I loved that Stanford about a year ago or so said they're going to cancel 11 sports, including men's and women's fencing, field hockey, squash, sailing, all these sports that I didn't know exactly existed. Well, this week, Stanford said they're going to reinstate those sports and bring them back to life. Here's what they said originally. We're going to cut those sports because we don't have the money to pay for it anymore. Right. Stanford, I did a little research. Do you know what their endowment is? I did the exact same research. So do you want me to say it or do you? $2 billion. No, $28.9 billion. Oh, I'm glad it's, you did the double research there. Yeah. And as of August 31st, uh, as of August 31st, their endowment was $28.9 billion. But for this school year, uh, full-time student tuition will be $73,964. <laughs> so hiding behind that, I did see this a couple of weeks ago. The women's, I think, field hockey team was playing their games with tape over Stan the, the Stanford logo being like, we don't want you. You're cutting us. So, Shout out uh, Carla Peterson and the uh, field hockey team there at Stanford. I, something, it smells fishy, right? I mean, they have no reason. They don't, the sailing team can't cost that much money. They got you know, $29 billion in their endowment. Something was fishy that they cut these sports, right? Well, I think the reason they cut them is because the Stanford business school people, whoever like looking at the budget, don't think big picture. <clears throat> and I'm guessing all 11 sports are net negative. Like they're not making money. Like the football team brings in revenue. The fencing team probably does not. And if you look at it from a strictly business decision, well, yeah, let's cut it. And I think that's how it happened in a vacuum on an Excel spreadsheet. Well, and, and that's just not how the world just works. to push back a little. I remember when this story came out and that argument was made. And then like three prominent members of the sailing team are like, hey, we'll write the check, continue the sports. And Stanford dug in even further. Like, no, we're going to eliminate them. This like some guy was like, literally, we'll just we'll write the check. We're going to be net positive. 
Yeah, I mean, schools like that have this mentality that like we're better, like we're going to do whatever we want and you're lucky to be here. And that's probably just kind of how that ended up. That, But I totally get with that. But I, I'm just assuming, I could be wrong, but there's probably some pretty powerful people that fenced, played field hockey and squash and sailed at Stanford. And those people were probably pretty pissed off. Yeah, bad look. I mean, kind of reminiscent of the Columbus SC changing their name back after one week. Stanford. <laughs> you scared Oh, so good. <laughs> I don't know if you put this in there to rile me up or not, but do you think the Olympics <laughs> could happen? Well, I mean, on a, I, I did put this in here to rile you up, so you are correct. N- nobody can say for certain whether the Olympics is going to happen, right? I mean, they can't, like, I know they got a plan for it, but nobody knows, right? Well, yeah, so basically to bring in everyone in on this inside conversation the uh this union of about six thousand doctors and physicians in japan um are petitioning the tokyo 2020 olympics to not happen they're like we don't have capacity it's a bad idea to do this i mean my response to that is i remember we were reading part of the guidelines and japan was like if you're bringing people over you have to provide your own health care so it's like not going to strain the japanese healthcare system as of this week japan is trending down in cases so i mean there's never going to be a perfect world we talked on another show about you're going to die no matter what take the scenic route like what <laughs> Go for it. Have, have the Olympics. I'm in. I want to watch them. We, we talked to Olympic hopefuls and they, they want to do it. So let's do it. My official stance is this. I've come up with an official stance on the Olympics. Is that if you're vaccinated, like to go there, you got to be vaccinated. That's it. So if everybody that's there is vaccinated, they've done the best they can. And let's move on. So if you say you're not going to get vaccinated, you can't go. But if you get vaccinated, everybody can go to the Olympics. I mean, yeah, I also read that 80% of the athletes, potential athletes going are vaccinated. 5% of Tokyo is vaccinated, which was surprisingly low in my opinion. I thought Japan was screaming ahead of us. Can't they just put like some sort of biodome over the Olympic athletes somewhere and they can't interact yeah. with the Get non-vaccinated Paul Shore Japanese? To light the, to light the Olympic torch? Man, Dude, don't take me down the Pauly Shore rabbit hole. God, I loved his movies in the 90s. Man, father-in-law. Oh! Buddy? Is he alive? Yeah, he's alive and he looks terrible. I saw him at the comedy store probably six months before the pandemic and he looks rough. He gets on stage. He's like, this is what Pauly Shore looks like in 2019. And he's just haggard. But he's he's (laughs) funny. Does he, he, did he make enough money in the 90s that he doesn't, I mean, okay, so he's good. Yeah, he he invested well. He's got a lot of real estate and rents it out. And shut up, really? You know this for sure? Yeah, he was on. I mean, I heard him. In, he talked about it in stand up. I've there was a documentary about the comedy store. His mom owned the comedy store, and so he's in that and kind of talks about what he's been up to. But yeah, he's financially he's doing all right. He just he uh, laments the days that he was the star of movies. Like he liked being number one on the call sheet, and he's like. <laughs> He can still act now, but he doesn't like showing up and it's not all about him. He's honest, which I appreciate. Great. Holy Shore wants it all about him. (laughs) Well, the Pirates' second baseman, Rennie Stinnett, goes seven for seven and passes away on Tuesday. (laughs) Rennie Stenman? 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 
There it is. I intentionally made that headline misleading. Years later, he died. He was 72 years old. He is the only player in MLB history to go seven for seven. A handful of people have gone six for six. I mean, you have to be on fire. Your team has to be on fire for this yeah. to happen. It's not like, I don't think it's going to be a stat that will be broken. Right. In the history of baseball, he's the only person to ever go seven for seven. I find that hard to believe. I mean, there's not that many times that you get seven at bats in a game. That's the hardest part. Like he had two hits in one inning. So it's like, well, is it, uh, this is like, I mean, once again, we were talking about death on our other show, like good for us that we get to talk about someone. He's got like a footnote history. They went to talk about Rennie Stanette. I like how he, uh, he finished strong. He went double, single, single, double, single, single, triple. You got to end on a triple. He did not hit for the cycle though. So that's embarrassing. Which is funny though, because right. I mean, he's got, he's six for six. His last hit's a triple. Like, isn't he thinking like rounding second base? Like, you know what? I'm going seven for seven. I'm not going to try for the triple here. Maybe I'll just stay at second and take it easy. If you're the opposing pitcher or manager, if someone gets up six for six, are you talking about hitting them? Dude, I'm, throwing, by pitch? I'm going right at his larynx, bro. His right larynx. at his larynx. The larynx. Yeah, right there. Right in the larynx. The larynx. Or the huevos. Take it to his huevos. Oh, that's mean. This is Mid-Sports Best. I would never throw at Andrew Keller's Larnix. If you want to learn about death, go to our other podcast, Reposted. We'll see you next week.